and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, a podcast brought to you by me, Mark Blankenship, and Sarah D. Bunting. Hello. And this week, we are taking it back to the late 80s when hip-hop was so funky that every teenager with a random thought on his mind could go ahead and tell us what he was thinking about to a dope beat. Um, I would like to, before we get to those songs, however, let you know a couple of businessy in-house things. One is that as of this week, we have a an official Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs Facebook page. And you can find us at facebook.com backslash mastus.podcast. Again, that's facebook.com backslash mastus.podcast. And of course, mastus stands for Mark and Sarah talk about songs. And at that Facebook page, you can talk to us more in depth about any of the conversations we're having. We've already had some lovely comments about the uh, R. Kelly <laughs> sinkhole that we waded through on behalf of the culture. And uh, we, welcome your, we welcome your thoughts on all of that. And all future episodes, of course, will be alerted via the Facebook page as well as Twitter at Talk Songs and all that. And, also, and if you have been going to Tomato Nation to check out slash discuss episodes of Mastess, thank you very much. But we're moving the main discussion area for and about the podcast over to Facebook. So Just like yes. your mom would do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we just also wanted to let you know that next week we will be taking a week off to celebrate the Memorial Day holiday with our loved ones and uh, bottles of rosé. Well, at least that's me. I can always find an excuse for rosé, but Memorial Day is the beginning of rosé season, people. Oh, it sure is. You can't oh. drink it before then, but I do anyway. I oh, also please. wear white boots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I will now be able to start ordering rosé and not have to feel inside like I should apologize. So take that, Mark's liver. Uh, but anyway, Sarah, I'm going to turn it over to you now, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts since you were the one who brought in our songs today on why you wanted to get down to these funky funky jams oh and what are they that's the other um our songs today are uh young mc's principal's office and g dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince parents just don't understand i brought in the young mc i am like i feel like i'm this weird young MC super fan who knows every word and every beat on his first two albums. Uh, yes. Someone bought brainstorm besides like mom MC, young mom C. Um, and it's actually, that album is a little sad. Like it's good, but it's like, he's trying to do a version of all the songs on the, on the big breakthrough album like three years later and there was like a dust up at the record company apparently. But anyway, um, none of that is important. Here's what is important. Principal's office has this really great baseline. Uh, and this was like, this was an era of like radio friendly hip hop for parents kind of like it was young guys, uh, young MC and, the Fresh Prince were both around 20 when these hits dropped. I think Parents Just Don't Understand actually came first. But 
principal's office is i feel young mc's best song like you know bust a move is the lead in the obituary but principal's office is my jam i just love it i love the little piano breaks i love the funky bass and the bridge which we're we're gonna hear uh i just love it i love like his attitude and the storytelling that he does and little tag at the end where he's like you think this is bad wait till i get my report card um so yeah that's my man from hollis queens i did want to do a young mc song at some point and this is the one um and then we decided to pair it with the song and we had some back and forth about which one we should pair it with so mark said and it immediately seemed obvious the minute he'd said it that we should uh, pair it with parents just don't understand. Do you want to talk a little about that choice? Uh, you know what? I'm going to save it because it didn't really sink into me what a perfect pairing it was until I had sat back and listened to the songs again in preparation for today's conversation. But I will just say for now, I do think that these two songs are basically the perfect pairing. I concur. And because they're such a perfect pairing, we are going to diverge somewhat from our usual uh, Mastass uh, MO and play the clips back to back. We're going to start with Young MC. Passing notes is my favorite pastime. I can't wait to find a girl to pass mine to. To express my feelings, give me a week being the girl I've at me. I said, hi, my name is Marvin, known as Young MC. But then the bell rang and the teacher came in, and that's when the game of passing notes would begin. I wrote the first note, told her she was fine, and I hope that the two of us can spend some time. She wrote me back and told me you're fine too. I'd love to go on a date and spend some time with you. So then I sat there reeling and looking at the ceiling. Words can't express the way that I was feeling. Then I thought to myself, the sure way to get her is to write another note. Oh yes, a love letter. When I finished the note, Okay, I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold it in. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be okay. All right, now we're gonna hear the Jazzy Jeff. Pay attention, here's the thick of the plot. I pulled up to the corner at the end of my block. And that's when I saw this beautiful girly girl walking. I picked up my car phone to perpetrate like I was talking. You should have seen this girl's bodily dimensions. I honked my horn just to get her attention. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, come on and take a ride with the hell of a guy. She said, how do I know you're not sick? You could be some deranged lunatic. I said, come on, toots. My name is the Prince. Besides, what a lunatic have a Porsche like this. She agreed and we were on our way. She was looking very good, so was I must say. We hit McDonald's, pulled into the drive. We ordered two Big Macs and two large fries for Coke. <laughs> I just... There's something so unbelievably charming about with Cokes. I know. It's like, but my favorite is like, it's always I have a safe word. Like, he just fits so much in there. You don't realize it. Oh, wow. This is such a good choice. Well done. 
I love so much that even though it completely violates the rhyme scheme and the flow of the song, he has to include the Cokes because God forbid that any of us would think that he would take his lady to the drive-thru and not get her a beverage. It's almost like I he was know. like, you guys, you guys, you know, no, no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We ordered two big fracks and two orders of fries with Cokes. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And there is, I don't, there must be like a subgenre. I was tempted to drop a clip in here and maybe I'll throw it in at the end of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the fine work of one MC 900 foot Jesus. <laughs> I know him by name kid? only. I only kid. know him he's by like, name. He's like 50 now. Um, he has a, he has a joint called adventures and failure, which is just like the narrator getting extremely drunk and mowing down a bunch of lawn gnomes and, his various adventures, like drunk driving around Dallas, I think. And uh, he rolls into the drive-in like he's just started a huge fire, basically, and then rolls <laughs> into the drive-in like backwards. And he's like, give me 10 Big Macs and a small Diet Coke. And I forget what he got, he rhymed Coke with, but like, I, I think there is a thing about like in hip hop of like things that you order at Mickey D's and which are the best ways to rhyme them. But then you can't have anyone (laughs) thinking that you did not get your 12 year old runaway girlfriend (laughs) a Coke to wash down her burger and fries. Oh man. And this really brings me back. This video was on all the damn time that year, all the time. Always. And you know, you, you mentioned already the, um, the sort of the confidence of both of these guys. And I feel like so many rock stars, rappers, athletes have cockiness, but there is something so innocent and charming about the swagger that these two kids have. And I say the, the word kid very specifically with Will Smith, because he was like 19, especially. And I think young MC was like 21 at most. But that, yeah. it's just But so... Young MC had already been collaborating with um, the other member of this very specific late 80s radio hip-hop troika, Mr. Tone Loke. Yes. Right, like, he, he collaborated worked... with Tone Loke on Funky Cold Medina and... Um... Wild Thing. Yes. Yes. Well, oh, I just man. feel like... Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's like Tone Loke is like their slightly more experienced older brother uh-huh. somehow. But I just find, like, <laughs> the... The the swagger in these songs, because it is so um, naive somehow, it's so like, this is what a, a 16-year-old thinks is being rebellious. It's so charming. Plus the fact that the beats are hot as hell in both songs. It's just like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the type of person who's going to say, oh... Hip hop was so much more fun when it was innocent because I think that the more violent or like hip hop songs about violence, hip hop songs about sex, about drugs, whatever, there's a lot of those that are really good that I really like, that I listen to consistently. But there is something so delightful about these types of songs that are just literally streams of consciousness from teenage boys about going to school and getting cokes and it i I just love the fact sitting in gum yeah yeah exactly like i don't know what it is but there's something about the fact that the songs are almost like 
we're just looking. Here's a, here's a stream of consciousness about what I'm doing. I went to school and my mom bought me pants and then I had to go and get a ruler and dance. No, not really dance. Just sit real still. I wish that I could say that this class will kill, but it might, you know, like just whatever you see, just rap about it. And there's just something that I find incredibly charming about it all. Yeah. I mean, this is so funny, too, because this was a really interesting, I think, time to be a top 40 dork like I was. Because mm. mm-hmm. I got to college, and I don't think I realized how deeply uncool Young MC and his ilk were considered by, like, basically everyone. Right. It was like, oh, that radio shit? Like, and there's a reason that it was on the radio, that it was like... Young MC was consistently very, like, positive. He managed to get a, like, stay in school message into pretty much every uh, album somewhere. And certainly was like, don't do drugs, stay in school, you know, drinking is whack, smoking is whack, like, smoking anything. And that's not really, like, that's great for the radio. Well, and And he's not, no swears. And I was going to say, and no swears, and Will Smith very famously does not swear in his raps either. So, like, you're right that both of them are totally, like you said before, it was, like, things that your parents could listen to as well. Yeah. And, like, and I got in a fight, actually, about getting jiggy with it, with an ex-boyfriend of mine, that he's like, but it's just such rap radio bullshit. I'm like, look, just because it's on the radio doesn't mean it's bad. Right. Like, he picked an all-time great break like and young mc borrowed a shaft break for another song called know how that is i think even like tied for my favorite young mc song um peace uh work and it's because (laughs) it's really like if you get a solid sample that does a lot of the work for you and then these guys are really not afraid of like matching a four syllable rhyme right Oh my god, like well, not, you know, they know how the language works. They know how to bend it. They're like they've got the thesaurus, but they don't need to open it and you know, it but this was definitely an interesting time in terms of I think the culture war aspect mm. of hip hop and like you got Tipper Gore trying to get stickers on shit, you got Two Life Crew basically inciting the white suburban parents of America to whatever wasps do instead of riot slam down a linen napkin um, <laughs> about because it's like but there's so many buttocks like well okay like they play it late at night on MTV and I mean I don't know my parents were or my dad didn't care <laughs> my dad probably thought it was a pretty good song but my mother was like well it's just demeaning to women and i'm like well all right but it's so is all of rock pretty right much and it's got a good beat at least but then right after that you saw like krs1 pm dawn de la soul taking arrested in this development weird... yeah right and far side a little later than that i guess tribe called quest ta- taking it i guess not tribe called quest but taking it in this much more like um, less violent, more baked direction. Yeah, yes. So if these songs that we were just listening to were like safe radio hip hop um, for white people, all the groups that I just mentioned were 
um, slightly more edgy, peace-loving, pot-smoking hip-hop for college radio white like college right. radio hip-hop for white people <laughs> but you're right they're like they're they're the i because i'm also thinking about you so you've got the sort of like um you've got the the x-rated rap of two life crew then you've got the super political rap of public enemy which is happening at the same time right. and then you've got i guess which is what it's i'm not making this up then it was just like the party rap of all of all of this. And then I think what happens in the nineties is you start to get groups that manage to do consciousness rap, but then they will also drop on a silly party song onto every album so that they get to split the difference and they get to be critically beloved. But then they also get to have a song that everyone can just sort of throw on and enjoy. And even if they're the type of audience who doesn't want the consciousness rap they can still enjoy yo mama by the far side for instance is i think a perfect example right or um diggable planets was a was a group that was super sure. super thoughtful and deep but then uh rebirth of slick their big radio hit was just about how awesome they were and i feel like it's really interesting because you mentioned the thesaurus aspect and young mc and will smith i think now perhaps that we've hopefully all aged out of that exhausting debate over authenticity. And I don't mean mm-hmm. that the culture has aged out of it because that will rage, rage forever, that debate. But I mean, I just am not 19 anymore, so who gives a shit? But now I think that we're like, hopefully, we're many of us old enough now to look back on that and we can see, right, these guys were not just saying nonsense words. They were actually smart guys with, with things that they... Could ha- they they were saying things even if they were just basically goofing off and having a good time like looking for a man makes our opportunistic for instance it's just a hot fun line and I think it's easier in retrospect to see that Young MC and DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince do belong in that lineage um, that leads us to something like the Far Side or PM Dawn like you said and uh, I was thinking a lot too about the fact that one of the quote-unquote problems that probably arose around these two guys is that they were the first two winners of the uh, Grammys for rap performance. Right. In in 88, it was Parents Just Don't Understand. And in 89, it was Young MC, Bust a Move. And I feel like that probably turned the tide against them in a lot of the quote-unquote authentic hip-hop circles because the Grammys are so not authentic and if you get the if you get the blessing of the grammys in that for in those first few years when are when acts like public enemy aren't even getting nominated then it's like oh you're like we we kind of have to in a way distance ourselves from you or like you don't get to belong to the cool kids club and uh it's just it's it's an earlier echo of what happened with macklemore a few years ago macklemore who is a smart rapper and like very thoughtful and interesting, but also like he's a white guy who makes songs like thrift shop that you can put on the radio that are just like this. And I think they're exact. They're the exact descendants of these songs, but then he wins the Grammy and Kendrick Lamar doesn't win the Grammy. So it's like, even though Kendrick Lamar at least got nominated, it's sort of the same battle churning of like who's authentic who gets the whatever whatever and obviously with macklemore there's the whole question of ethnicity that can't be avoided anyway my point being i am 
glad that we are now far enough away from principal's office and parents just don't understand that we can just release the songs from all of that and just get back to having a dope time. Yeah. Well, and I, I think there's also to your point, then you're sort of five years away from East coast, West coast, like when it started getting really lethal. And I think that a lot of these groups just wanted to like, throw down some rhymes and like right. have a mixtape have someone hear it and be like this is really awesome this could be the summer song of whatever 93 right and can you just cut out a couple of swears and that n-word and then it'll be coming out of every car across the country and you know everybody will be happy or like what you know which is your singing which is your singing joint. Right. That's like more of a song and less hip hoppy. Like, you know. And I think if I had been making music and especially hip hop at that time, it would have just been like, you know what? I just don't like I don't I don't want to be authentic because I don't want to be dead. <laughs> so right. Can, right. can I like I'm just over here and I'm from Jersey and I wrote some rhymes about like how I want a horse. <laughs> can I just can I just do that? Someone'll be into that, right? Like someone'll relate to that and that's going back to what you were saying about authenticity. Neither of these guys is trying to pretend right that they're hard or that well actually that was, you know, where I had a mole removed, but let's just say I got in a knife fight. Like there is like there vanilla is none of that shit. Do. Yeah, and I oh well, that guy. HGTV you know, mainstay uh vanilla ice, you mean? But here's a I just want to point out, and this is only semi-related, that the best part to me of this Borrowing the Car bit in uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince song is that it's his mom's Porsche. <laughs> like, he has this kind of, I mean, I hesitate to say Cosby family existence, but subtracting the patriarch and his real-life doings from the equation as, you know, ugh, like... It's like Claire Huxtable was his mom. Right. I don't know what Will Smith's reality was growing up, but it's just like, oh, yeah, that's my mom's Porsche. Right. Okay. As like in, those... the family has more than one. This is the one that belongs to my mother. Uh-huh. My mother, the, you know, obviously well-heeled professional who could afford to buy herself a Porsche. Like, and that's right. just, there no explanation behind that. It's just like, that's how we do. Like, I don't know. I love that. Yeah. And the Cokes. Huh, you know, that's interesting. He really like, is a prince, that guy. <laughs> but it comes back around to, right, they're being authentic in their own way. Because I think as a great example, if you remember, MC Hammer used to be in this camp and then tried oh, to go really hard. That was really, I think, the lightning rod that people are like, with those pants? No. Nah. Yes, and, that's, and the Taco Bell commercials. and But uh, then yeah. when he tried to go really hard with the album that had pumps and a bump on it, it just didn't work. Uh. And it's like, Hammer, no. man, like, you can't sell this. What you can sell me is a good time with the occasional religious undertone. It would be like if uh, Flo Rida right now were to, were to suddenly drop some sort of consciousness anthem. It's like, Flo Rida, love you, club can't handle me or you. But no, and I think you're right. Like, it's not like we're, it's not, I don't want to suggest that artists need to never change, but I think that there is something sort of to be said for the authenticity of not trying to be something that you obviously aren't as well. 
and uh, I think that we can we can doff our caps to both of these fine gentlemen. And oh, before I forget, I also want to say another reason that I just love these songs in Principal's office. It's when he goes ring, like. Why? There's the bell. There's no reason. He didn't have to do that, but he did it. And I just feel like that's a man who wants to make you have a good time, is what I think. And I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Um, well, now I'm going to go dig up my um, Far Side tracks. <laughs> yes. I don't think I've listened to that stuff since, like, Bush was president, and it is past time. And I think Tribe Called Quest and I have to go kick it. Yes, we can. So mm-hmm. there you go. Oh, man. Just don't leave your wallet in El Segundo. Um, <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for for listening to Mark and Sarah talk about songs. We are off next week, but again, we have a new Facebook page. Thank you, Mark. And in an upcoming episode, we will be asking uh, for your help in putting together the playlist and the discussion, including Supreme's covers and songs to lose your virginity to. So, Definitely go to the Facebook page, throw us a like, and get ready to become a part of the process. Oh, snap. Opening the doors. (laughs) Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is a weekly podcast created and hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. If you'd like to request a song for discussion or share the mixtape of your soul, we are all about it. Send us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or visit our brand spanking new Facebook page. That's mastes.podcast, or just search Facebook for Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Today's theme music was written and performed by David Gregory Byrne. And if you'd like to buy an ad, we welcome you. Advertise your business, send a personal message, or just hum a few bars. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com to get started with your advertising journey. Until next week, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this... And this was was Mark Mark and Sarah. Sarah. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Well, if it's too professional, people will feel alienated. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.